Good morning, dear heart. Happy Tuesday, happy January 3rd, and happy 2023. I am Melissa, the founder of A Yogi Kitchen and Pantry. And we're going to talk about our word for the session. We're going to talk about our new session. We're going to talk about what it feels like to slide into 2023. Every session for not quite the last year, but close to the last year, we have chosen a different word to focus on for a yoga session. And it's just a way to help us really bring the mind into the present moment. When we're in poses, you can breathe into the word. It's a way to set the tone for our practice. And for me, because you know, I'm on the mat so much with you guys and I'm thinking about the word so much on and off the mat, it really shifts who I am in a really beautiful, lovely, the best way possible. Um, I felt this especially, you've all heard this, especially when we focused on the word joy. I just, it changed who I was. We did it for five or six weeks and I still feel the reverberations from focusing so deeply on joy. So our word for this session is also my word for the year. And I really struggled with this one, but the word is ease. And I really just invite you to take a moment, close your eyes and breathe into the word ease. And as you do that, notice what comes up for you. Notice if there's pushback. I could, I could absolutely understand pushback, that immediate reaction in the brain, like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not ease right now. It is, it's, you know, let's go, get it on. It's time. It's January. I'm going to hit the gym again. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to push. I'm going to, and here's the thing. You can do those things. You can get to the gym every day in January. You can only eat cucumber for the next two weeks. You can do whatever it is that is the reset for you, but you can also bring some ease to it. I came upon this word for a few reasons, and I really struggled with whether it should be my word of the year or whether joy should be my word because I really enjoyed focusing on joy so much. And I just felt like, you know, sometimes there was a few things I thought. One of them was sometimes I'm my own worst enemy. I make it so much harder than it has to be. So this year I really wanted to look at and consistently for a year, look at those places and where can I bring ease to it? And the most immediate reason it came to me is because it's such a wonderful lesson to learn on the mat that you can take out into the rest of your life. So let's just pick a pose. Let's say triangle pose. It's a nice, easy pose because to use as an example, because there's so many ways to practice a triangle pose. So you get into triangle pose and in the beginning, if you're new to yoga, it, it feels somewhat awkward. And if you've got a great teacher, they're not just throwing it at you. Um, they're offering you lots of variations. And one of the variations might be to use a chair or use the wall that just really helps you feel the alignment and not pressure yourself to get your hand all the way down. And, you know, I've been practicing for 20 some years now. I don't put my hand on the floor in triangle pose because for my body, it feels like on my ankle or somewhere around my shin is the better alignment. 
And so it's looking for, so there's two parts of this too. So the first thing we tell students when they're brand new is what you want in a post is you want to look for that place where it's like, oh, I'm really working here. And then you want to back off. You want to find the ease in your post where you can settle. Because if you're, oh, I'm really working. I'm, it's hard, but I'm doing it. There is some satisfaction in that. And I understand, especially why beginners want that. But there's so much better work and there's so many more benefits to a pose if you can back off and find some ease. And so that's sort of the thought that I have about focusing on ease for this session, but also for the year for myself. If I can back off and see the benefits of just stepping back a little bit. Um, and it doesn't mean I don't go to the gym every day if that's, you know, the goal. Get to the gym every day. For me, it's not. I do want to start working out again more. Um, but, and I have been over the last week, I was going to say week, six weeks or a month, um, I have been being more active, but I actually have made a decision to maybe get back to the gym because I like gym culture. I was a, I was an athlete as a kid. I was a high school athlete and not so much in college, but, um, and I've always been very active in my life and I, I like the gym culture. A lot of people really dislike it. And so they will do anything to avoid the gym. I don't feel that way at all. I don't dislike the gym at all. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, so that's one part of ease in a pose. The other part of ease in a pose is, you know, when you do find that place of ease and whether you're a beginner or you're, you've, you're a seasoned practitioner, it's really worth going back to those beginning instructions in a pose and feeling that ease. There's, there's so much that you learn in a pose when you're not like, Oh, I'm going to, I got it. I got it. I, it's, it's, Oh, it's so much, but I'm, I'm here. And I can, I can hold it for two more seconds, but there's so much when you can find ease in a pose and let yourself experience the pose fully. So that makes sense to me that if I start living my life that way more often, then I might experience life in a deeper, richer way. And also the mental anguish that I create for myself is... I think I'm done with it. I don't need it. It's not, it's not helping me in any way. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, we need to push, push, push. And are creating that mental anguish for themselves. And they, they feel like it has a real benefit. And that's awesome. If that's who you are. Um, I, part of me says that that might be a place of life that I'm in, that it's an issue of maturity. Like I'm, I'm going to be 54 this year. And yeah, I did that in my twenties and thirties, but, and, and into my forties, but I really feel at this point, like, oh, I get, you know, why women in their fifties and sixties kind of step back and are like, they're not, they're not letting things go. They're just appreciating life on a different level. And I'm really starting to step into that and love it. And I hope by my example, that maybe you learn that lesson a little bit earlier. And if you still, you know, embrace the push, push, push go for it. I don't have a judgment about it whatsoever. That's our word, ease. So I'm going to be talking about ease so much in this next, I think we're doing five weeks is our session. Maybe it's six. Um, and I wanted to do a longer session for a couple of reasons. Um, because this session I am taking some time and we're not doing as many regularly scheduled classes. I, of course, will always do pop-ups. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to do yoga tonight, 
And I'm thinking specifically about Thursday nights. There's no class on Thursday nights anymore. I'm going to do yoga today. I'm so excited. And then you go to the website, ayogikitchen.com. And you go, oh, no, there's no Thursday class anymore. Shoot me a text. Say, hey, I was thinking I'd love to practice tonight at 7.15. And if I am available, of course, I will teach. Um, my, This was my what am I saying yes to three years ago at the beginning of the pandemic. Or actually, it wasn't the beginning of the pandemic. I didn't start teaching until like online until maybe May or June. But I just decided because of the pandemic, I'm saying yes. If you guys ask, I'll say yes. And if one person comes to class, awesome. If 10 people come to class, awesome. Um, and I'm still, I'm still feeling that that's very comfortable. I would like to continue to say yes to that. So I wanted that to be a longer session because I really want to sink down into the ease of this next session of um, only formally teaching, what am I teaching, four classes a week. And actually, we'll, we'll have a new class. So it, it will be five classes still. Um, so it's not like I'm taking vacation at all. But um, I have a couple things to share about that that I'm hoping to remember. But I wanted this to feel like we really dig down and let ease. And what happens is, what I was going to say, sorry, let ease get in our bones, in our blood. And what happens is every time we come to a podcast, a, a blog post, a newsletter, a yoga practice, a meditation practice, and I remind you to focus on ease, our brain chemistry shifts a little bit. How ease feels to us is going to change over time. And I thought, let's really let it shift us. Let's do six weeks of this. So I'm very excited about this next six weeks. Um, I really, my word last year, I'm not sure that I shared this on the podcast, was learn. And in my head, that meant I maybe would go do some more training. Maybe I even would go back to school, take like one class at a time and go back to school, not necessarily towards any degree or whatever, but for my own education. And wow, the universe had really different ideas for me. And I learned, I learned some really, really hard stuff. Um, I learned hard stuff about myself. I learned hard stuff about other people and the universe. And in the long run, it's all really good. I'm very grateful to be standing where I am right now. But it is not the year that I had envisioned last year at this time. So I tried to be super careful about the word that I chose. I thought about some words and I was like, oh, that one could bite you in the ass really easily. So ease could bite me in the ass. And I, I said this to um, my good friend, Melissa, the executive director at Sunrise Project. I said, my fear is ease is going to like, you know, I'm going to do something like break a leg and end up in traction for six weeks or something where all I can do is just sit and watch stupid television and read. Um, and, you know, knock on wood. That's not what how the universe gives me some ease. But um, I think the universe's job is to help us be a little uncomfortable and we're strong. We got it. We don't like it, right? Discomfort just makes us want to run. But I think learning to be okay with discomfort is really important. It's, um, you know, it's what makes us resilient. It's what makes you strong. 
and you are strong and you are resilient because you're still standing, right? All the crap that made us lie on the bathroom floor and cry happened. It's over or hopefully you're not in the midst of it, but if you are, it's okay. You're going to get through it. We're going to get to the other side of it and it doesn't feel like it at the time. And man, this last year when I had so many hard things rushing at me and put that, you know, after a couple of years of the pandemic. And then before that, my partner had a stroke. And then before that, my dad died. A friend from college died. My aunt died. It just felt like it's been year after year after year of crap. And it just sucked. And then I had to remind myself, and yet I fell in love in the midst of all of that. And I bought a home that I really, really love. And there were lots of really good things too. And so, um, it is the universe's job, I feel, to show us both sides, to give us the, the true depth of life. Because sometimes we don't want to do that, right? We just want to kind of float on the surface and feel the good stuff and not really dig deep. The deeper stuff, the stuff that makes life rich, it is hard. It's hard stuff. And I'm, I, like I said, I'm really grateful. I have a lot of gratitude for where I stand today. However, I'm ready to dig into a word like ease. Um, and I did know by choosing the word learn, I knew that I wanted to challenge myself last year. I knew that I was in a place where I really wanted some things to shift for me. I wanted to level up if you want to use a pop culture term. And guess what? I did. I just didn't do it, you know, sitting in a classroom or, I don't know, studying in a book or online or whatever. I did it in a very different way. And that's, you know, it wouldn't be Melissa if it hadn't happened that way, in all honesty. So it'll be interesting to see what the universe swings at me with ease um, and then how I'm able to stay resilient and maybe even stay focused on how I want to um, uh, let my energy swirl in terms of ease or around ease in my life. Um, maybe I say to the universe this year, uh-uh, I, I get it, but nope, that's not what I'm accepting. Um, I didn't know how to do that last year. And it's one of the big things I learned is how to say, uh-uh, I'm not accepting this anymore. So I just wanted to put that out at the EU, uh, throw that out to you. Um, and a little bit about the schedule. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought, but the biggest reason I popped in today was ease. So let's talk um, a little bit about what's coming up because there's some really fun, cool things coming up. This session is so fun to me. I'm so looking forward to just digging deep into the ease of the session, but also um, really just relishing the fun things I have this month. So, or this, it is six weeks. I did just remember the session started, I guess, Sunday and is going to February 14th. Um, so it's six weeks. I don't, so I, I didn't delete anything from my session. I took out some classes, sort of. Um, so nothing got deleted. I'm still showing up at sunrise today and tomorrow. I'm still doing some of the things that, that is hard work, um, but it's hard work that I really enjoy. And I've been telling people something shifted for me in this last month or two. And I, I couldn't tell you exactly what it is. It is some thing where, I don't know, you know, it's that idea where I'm like, okay, universe, throw it at me. Let me see. And I don't have to accept it. And I 
really get that on a deeper level these days than I ever have. Like I can say, uh-uh, that, that's not happening. Nope, I don't accept that. And I never used to. I used to feel like it was my job to accept things that, and I don't mean accept as in condone. People really think about that a lot. They think that accept and condone are the same two things, and it's not at all. Um, so this is actually a, a skill that we practice in dialectical behavior therapy is radical acceptance. And radical acceptance, I was just reminded, means that you have to accept the reality of a moment or a situation, but you don't have to like it. You get to choose to change it. And sometimes it's not changeable. Um, a great example of that is when my dad was dying. He just could not accept the fact that he was dying. And his non-acceptance didn't change the fact at all. Um, he, I, I feel like he could have made some better choices if he could have gotten to that place of radical acceptance. This is true, regardless of whether I like it or not. This is true. And he got to make some choices about how to do it that he didn't make because he couldn't be in that place of, of seeing what was true. Um, and so I feel like maybe that has been part of my shift over this last couple months. This is the truth of the situation. I get to decide, I get to choose how to manage it emotionally, mentally, but I can't necessarily change the situation. And do I want to? Um, you know, a lot of times if something is uncomfortable, we want to run from it, we want to shift it. And maybe I don't want to. Maybe I want to let it play out. Maybe I want to let the onus be on someone else instead of me needing to fix things or do something different. So that's that's been a lot of what I've been thinking about the last couple months. And not really thinking about, but I've been feeling it sort of work its way into my body, into my bones. And I, I feel like that's one of the reasons I chose the word ease. Like, okay, I've worked on this big acceptance and now I'm just going to sit with it. And like I said, there's still stuff. So, okay. We are doing um, the schedule. I worked on the, the flyer yesterday. The schedule is going to be out. If not later today, tomorrow, um, we are still doing slow flow at 10 a.m. on Sundays. That is our most consistent class since um, the beginning of the pandemic. I think it's the one that has not changed at all. It's 10 a.m. on Sundays is slow flow. 6 p.m on Sundays is um, free community yoga at Sunrise Project. So you have to be in person. It started out as a hybrid and it just wasn't working for me to, to, to manage all of that. So it's not, it's just an in-person class. Uh, Mondays at 8.30 p.m., this is all U.S. Central Time, is restorative yoga. We had a really lovely restorative practice yesterday where we just focused on ease and relaxed into poses. And then the other class of the week is Saturday, 8.30 a.m. is lay down and roll around yoga. So that's the basic schedule starting January 23rd. I'm so excited to announce this. Starting January 23rd at 4 p.m. on Mondays, we are meeting in person at ECM here in Lawrence, which is a community-based organization on campus. And I think technically it's not actually a campus organization. They are an independent organization, but they serve campus and our wider community. But because they're right on campus, it's mostly students and the KU family. Um, so I'm really excited. The space is beautiful. That's my biggest excitement is how beautiful the space is. 
Um, my second is that it's, a, it's another community organization and, you know, putting yoga out there. This is a donation-based class. Um, putting yoga out there and making it accessible to all people is so important to me. It's one of my core values. Um, I understand all the reasons that yoga can be $25, $30 a class. And personally, I, I teach privately and I charge well. I mean, I get paid well um, for for teaching privately. So we all need to make a living. I understand that. But I don't think we should live in a world where this practice is not accessible to every single person. So I try to offer donation-based or free yoga as often as I can. All the Zoom classes are donation-based and the, the Monday class will be donation-based. The Sunday evening class at Sunrise is free. We always love your donations, but they're not expected. Um, and of course, you know, if you're struggling to feed yourself and you want to come to a Zoom yoga class, come to yoga and don't worry about donations. Um, I really ask people to look into your hearts and find what the, the best donation for you feels like. Um, taking into all the different accounts, like what your budget is, what, what yoga means to you, like all the things, like how sustainable is it? Like maybe you say, yeah, I can throw you 20 bucks right now and come to yoga. That's awesome. That's beautiful. But if it means you can't come again for six weeks, don't do that. Throw me five bucks a class and come to four classes. I would way rather you spend five bucks on class and come. And I have a bunch of people who, um, they just pay me monthly. They set up a payment plan through PayPal and sometimes they're spending 30 bucks a month and come to one class for the month. And sometimes they spend 30 bucks a month and they're coming to five or six classes. And I feel very comfortable with that. So I, I don't want anyone to ever feel judged because of their donation. Um, I really want you to look into your heart and, and see what that means for you. So that's the schedule. Um, we are really going to be focusing on Save Up more. Um, and, and we do in our Lawrence community. I invite you all to practice Seva with me on, it has been consistently the first and third Tuesday and Wednesday of the month when we are at Sunrise Project and we're cooking and we're prepping. What I've been doing in my private practice, my personal practice, sorry, is I continue to practice Seva on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I just don't share that with you guys. So if I'm going to cook and put, you know, make food in my home and then have extras to put in the fridge at Sunrise Project, I'll do it on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And I realized that we should just say as a yoga family, no matter where you are in the world, that Tuesday and Wednesday is our practice off the mat. So seva is just as important as getting on the mat and doing pigeon pose or sitting in meditation or doing your breath work. It is a really core part of yoga. It is sometimes called selfless service or dedication to others. It is the care and compassion for others. And while practicing care and compassion to others in your immediate circle is certainly important, it is specifically about care and compassion for others, maybe right outside your immediate circle. So when we cook for people in the community, I don't always know who I'm cooking for. Sometimes people show up for dinner that I know really well. And so I'm so happy that we've made this really beautiful meal for them. But sometimes it's a lot of people I have no idea who they are. And I'm, I'm starting to learn people's names and get to know more people. So my immediate circle is starting to expand a bit. But for the most part, the, well, the intention is to create a meal for whomever. And so it's about intention. Um, so whoever you are, wherever you are, I really encourage you to practice 
yoga in your everyday living life and to do some of it through seva and to do it with us on Tuesday and Wednesday. So if that means you can find an organization to um, donate an hour or two of your time, do that. Um, if that means, you know, giving some resources, it usually means actually effort on your part, not just signing a check is what Seva really is about. Um, the, the most recent definition I just read that I love and may become part of our, I don't know what the word is, I guess vernacular, um, at a yogi kitchen is serving from our hearts. And I think that just, that encapsulates it so well. So that, um, that is what I encouraged you to do today and tomorrow. Our yoga family is focusing on a sunrise pro or on sunrise project. However you choose to practice is beautiful and valuable. Um, so, so find that place for you. And if you can't do it on Tuesday or Wednesday, don't do it on Tuesday, Wednesday, do it on Saturday, do it whenever it works for you. Um, the other thing we're doing coming up soon is, oh, what else is coming up? There's a couple of things. The biggest thing is the pizza party fundraiser that we're doing in Lawrence, Kansas. So I love this idea. I stole it from the Jewish Community Center um, here in Lawrence, Kansas, is they do a fundraiser where, I actually don't know if it's a fundraiser, but they do this thing in, uh, it's in the fall, I think, where they have a menu of items that they bake. It's like challah and babka. And I can't remember what else, maybe, not strudel. I can't remember what else is there. Uh, a couple different kinds of challah and a couple different kinds of babka. There's something, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, and you, you order online, order what you want, and then um, you choose a time to pick it up and they have your order ready whenever you choose to pick it up. I think because they have a parking lot, they don't even, you don't even get out of your car. They just bring it to you. And I'm gonna do the same thing with Chicago style individual pizzas. We call them baby pizzas in Chicago. Uh, this is my first restaurant experience was at Giordano's in Chicago. My second in Chicago was Pacino's. So I've worked around a lot of stuffed pizza. When I owned my own restaurant, we made baby stuffed pizzas. They were a big seller. And so I thought, all right, let's do that. So that's going to, the doors are going to open for that January 10th. Um, I have to think about it a little bit more, but there will be a, a limit to what I'm willing to make and how many people are, are going to be able to pick up in a, in a day. Uh, pickups are going to be between February 7th and February 14th. And I chose that because I remembered when I worked, especially at Pacino's, I feel, well, I worked there longer. Um, Valentine's Day was surprisingly a big pizza day. I, I mean, to me, when I think about Valentine's Day, I'm a little bit of like Crystal and China girl. So I think about like going somewhere fancy and there being candlelight and a, you know, a really yummy bottle of wine and maybe seafood. Um, so when I, and this was how I thought back, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So when I worked at those restaurants and Valentine's Day was a huge day, I was like, oh, who knew? So I just thought, let's do that. So if you want to, um, like I said, it, it'll open online January 10th. I'm going to start working on that really soon. You can order, it'll be either, they'll be par-baked with sauce on the side. And I will either freeze them for you or leave them um, like room temperature. So all you have to do is go home and throw them in your in your, uh, well, you can throw them in your fridge if you want to, but throw them in your oven and have them for dinner that night or whenever you choose. So, um, 
that's what we have today. I hope you're having a really, really lovely Tuesday. I am going to post this and then I am running to Sprouts to pick up the donation for Sunrise Project. And then I will be chopping vegetables at Sunrise Project. If you are in Lawrence, Kansas and you want to join us for the meal tomorrow, it is Hoppin' John and I think we're making cornbread to go with it. Um, it is, you know, good, good fortune to eat Black Eyed Peas at the beginning of the year. I think technically it's the first day of the year, but at our house, I made a big batch. We're still eating them. I'm going to put some in the fridge at sunrise today and um, come join us. We're having dinner from five to seven. You can sit with us in the cafe or you can take it to go like we've been doing the last few years. Have a lovely Tuesday. Namaste.